Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs in sports, info, and odds. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start to the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on popular sports and games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco. This is part two of our Wednesday preview of Buck and Bob, Bob and Buck. We're going to be breaking down the NFC South, players with the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft. Before we do that, Buck, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really well. I, I think this is an interesting nut to crack here, considering the starting quarterbacks in the NFC South. I don't know what to think. There's a lot of question marks, a lot of poor rosters. I'm just looking forward to this upcoming conversation, Bob, mostly because I get to speak with you. You know what, Buck? We're going to keep rolling on that. That's a, You're a sweetheart, and I love you for it. And that's why I let you go first. Let's talk about these teams. The first one on our plate is the Atlanta Falcons. Which player did you identify that has the most to gain or lose based on what their team does in the NFL draft? Yeah, so Atlanta's picking there at eight. And honestly, I think it's it's Kyle Pitts that stands the most to gain here. I I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what Atlanta does at eight. Where do you think they're headed? Because I see this wide receiver, this wide receiver draft board that is quite stacked in this 2022 draft. And I think you look at them; they are truly lacking depth at wide receiver. They got to get eyes on somebody else other than Pitts and Patterson, the killer peas, as I call them. And if they don't do that, Pitts is going to suffer. But if they do capitalize, improve this offense, and it'll be a work in progress with Mariota, but I'm actually excited about that. Franks and Mariota, quite similar. You know, it, it's. It, I think Franks has a stronger arm. But Mariota and him, both mobile guys both bigger fellas, and they play a similar game. So no matter how they crack that nut, and that's the second time I've said that now, no matter how they crack the nut, I think they have to get help at wide receiver, and I think that helps Pitts. Anything to get the focus off him. Absolutely. Well, the other thing here is there's just no way you could expect Mariota or a rookie to succeed with Oladidi Sakitis and Auden Tate leading your receiver room right now. And don't get me wrong, nothing gets this man going like an Auden Tate conversation, which we'll have a separate pod completely on it. We'll have an Auden date. I, you know what? We just now we know what the graph is going to say. Let's go on an Auden date. And then there you go. Then that's our highest feud. Then we have all this pressure. We collapse under that pressure because we're never going to live up to an Auden Tate podcast again. But anyway, so they have one first-round pick. Of course, you just talked at eight. Then they have two twos and two threes, of course, because of the Tennessee Titans and also the Indianapolis Colts. So they have a lot of ammo to go get multiple receivers, and I do see that happening. Now, the correct answer, uh, which I wanted to do, but, of course, Sky just constantly getting on me. He says, you got to stop talking about the same guys. 
We don't want another Tyler Boyd situation. I said, touche. All right, listen, I'm sorry that the Cincinnati Bengals decided not to throw that much in the first half of the year. That's not on me, okay? But anyway, I digress. The correct answer is Cordell Patterson. If they don't go and use a top day one or day two pick on a running back, and Cordell Patterson is going to be facing against Damian Williams and Mike Davis again, and this guy was an RB1, currently today RB36, 94th overall, he's an absolute steal. But because I want to give the people more opportunities to hear other players, I actually did say it's Marcus Mariota. In 2016, sounds like a long time ago, a guy named Arthur Smith was on the coaching staff in Tennessee. He was also his offensive coordinator as soon as 2019 before he lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. The one thing I will say this, he was a he was a QB1 that season in 2016. His top players were Rashad Matthews, Delaney Walker, Tajay Sharp. So it's not as if he had this plethora of talent. But Matthews is a solid player. He needs a solid receiver. If they can go get a, a receiver at eight or use one of their two second-round picks on a receiver and bring in a guy who can help them right away, then it's something. I think Mariota could be someone that's locked in as a QB2. Currently, his ADP right now is ADP 30 for quarterbacks. So he's not even on the QB2 radar necessarily, super flex radar as a starter. And I think if they bring in a receiver and that receiver responds with a nice training camp that earns a starting job, along with Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, I think that Mariota could be said because over he had three straight seasons of 300 yards rushing and multiple scores. So he can help you on the ground. If he has a competent receiver to go along with Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, I think there's a shot that Mariota gets it done. I'm actually looking forward to Mariota. Just getting the – listen, the focus won't be on him winning right away. I think it's trying to develop a winner over time. And I think that heavy draft capital they have in the first three rounds really going to help that team out long term. So maybe he is a bridge quarterback, but I think he might be a good stash away just in case he really finds his form again, to use a soccer term of which I, I so endear. But they, they, they got to figure out what they're doing, what the direction is they're headed in. And once they do that, I'm thinking he's a bridge quarterback and that's okay. Because I think if I if I need a bridge quarterback, a guy like Mariota who has a dual threat aspect to his game, less so now than he used to, but he can still bring it. I think that's a benefit for the offense on the whole when you have versatile players like Patterson, Pitts, etc. So if they can add to their stacks there at wide receiver, I think they're going to be in really good shape. And there's no threat to Kyle Pitts. Mariota, you got Kyle Pitts. Figure it out. <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to hop in here to the Panthers. Sam Darnold is not good, Bob. First off, name another player that within their first 4 seasons in the league has regressed in all 4 and has never started a full season, 16 games, now 17. He had to deal That's with incredible. Gaze. What's that? He had to deal with Adam Gase. For two years, so I, I, think, <laughs> well, I don't think he had a shot. I don't think he had a shot, really. Well, tip tip of the cap for that. Just dealing with yeah. the mental atrocity that that might have been. But I think that the wide receiver core stands to gain because you look top to bottom here. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Terrace Marshall Jr. They got players, man, and they're begging for a quarterback that a takes chances and b stays on the field. And I think they're going to snag a QB here. I don't think Sam Darnold is a long-term plan. I know Sam Darnold's camp does, but 
listen, if I were a pro player, I had agents, I had a team. You better believe they'd be pumping my tires like nothing else. But Sam Darnold's proven he's not reliable to start a full season. He's lucky to get through two-thirds of the season, three-quarters of the season, which is what we've seen previously. Panthers, if they draft a quarterback, the wide receivers stand the most to gain. Top to bottom, from a youth standpoint and from a talent standpoint and also versatility, those three players, man, they offer a hell of a lot. And I'm just – I'm very happy if they draft a quarterback. If they do not, if they go a different direction and hang with Darnold, I do think that hampers um, guys like Marshall. I mean, immediately I think of guys like Marshall. But DJ Moore, he gets it done with whoever. He's just been a steady talent. We just need to get a quarterback that can find him in the red zone. So, I mean, to give Darnold a little bit of, you know, he's had four different coordinators in five years. And it's hard to really build on anything when you're changing the offense all the time. It was Jeremy Bates' rookie year. Then Bowles gets fired. That staff's gone. Then it's Adam Gase, which is just a complete dumpster fire. Uh, then last year it's Joe Brady. He gets fired halfway through the season. Jeff Nixon comes in, and Matt, and then Matt Rule does his thing. And now it's Ben McAdoo. As a Giants fan, you're probably going to think Ben McAdoo is a schmuck. This guy is not a schmuck. Ben McAdoo, I'll tell you this: he was a terrible head coach. He did not do what he did not develop the situation. He did not do well. But as an offensive coordinator in 2014 through 16. A guy named Odell Beckham became a league winner, a dominant force in the NFL under Ben McAdoo's thumb. Ben McAdoo and Eli Manning had career highs, 4,200 yards on average from 2014 to 2016 before that disastrous 2017 season where everybody got hurt and Eli was just losing his shit out there. Uh, He was averaging 4,200 yards, almost 4,300 yards, 30 touchdowns, and a 5% touchdown rate, career highs across the board for Eli Manning. So Ben McAdoo can – Take an offense to another level. Plus, like you just brought up, he's got DJ Moore, who could easily could, imagine he gets him in some type of Odell Beckham type role. Fantastic, love that. Robbie Anderson, CMC, Tommy Tremble came on the rookie tight end last year a little bit too. So, but they only have pick six. Like if you look at the the Panthers after six, the next one's in the fourth round. How does this team only have the sixth overall pick? And then, and then it's day three. So if they don't take a quarterback, it's it's Darnold's team. It's got to be Darnold's team. Yeah, I agree here. I like your pick. I think it's solid. All right, we moving to the Saints here, Bob. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I got Jameis Winston as my big winner because I think the Saints are just tired of Michael Thomas and his bullshit. I think Michael Thomas has kind of faded from the public spotlight a little bit here. But every time I Google Michael Thomas, which is on like a bi-weekly basis, he just has another little little quip that he's throwing at the Saints brass. Every single time. This year, I think the Saints go into the season thinking, we can't rely on this fella to play. I know he might be one of the talents of the game, top talents. But it's a time now where – it's shit or get off the pot for a guy like Alvin Kamara. You got you to win. You got to win now. And they have to beef up the options there for Jameis because, quite frankly, like Traquan Smith, good player. Marquez Callaway, solid player. But those, those are not all pro receivers. They never will be, in my opinion. So you need something else there. And I feel like I've said this for 
probably six teams so far about first round draft picks being invested in wide receivers, but the wide receiver board is that deep, maybe five, but it is deep and it's talented and it's fast. That's what this Saints team needs. And with Jameis, who's a gunslinger, having a fast wide receiver, we've seen in the past that really helps him out. Jameis Winston, my big winner. They have to let him throw. I mean, if you look at the first five or six weeks of the season last year, the Saints were not throwing the football at all. But they had these weird games where, like, Winston would throw, like, five touchdowns, and then he would have no touchdowns and then four touchdowns. It's just his, Go look at his box scores if you don't believe me. It's all over the place. Before we get into my pick for the Saints, we'll be right back after the quick commercial break for Care Factor. Hey, TCK Potters and fantasy-focused community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carafactor. Carafactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. Now, getting into the Saints for my perspective, I think Jameis, you're right. I think Jameis could be, if they let him just be a little more aggressive, they were very conservative last year, but they do have the two first-round picks now because of the trade with the Eagles. Uh, so there is, they do have two top 20 picks, so I would hope they would take some talent. Marcus Calloway, Traquan Smith, and, and the Haste, they changed it. It's not even Harris anymore. It's Hasty now. Uh, Deontay Hasty is the new guy. But my guy's Adam Troutman. And we all kind of were excited about Trotman as a second-year leap candidate last year. We talked about him a lot. He got off to a relatively slow start, weeks one through five, only two catches per game, 20 yards a game. But then after that early bye, they started putting him in the offense more, and he started averaging a little bit more. uh, Four receptions, 35 yards, one score in the final week seven through 10 before his injury, but he was averaging nearly seven targets a game. So 6.8 targets during that time frame. The Saints offense for many years. Uh, and the good news is, yes, Sean Payton is gone. So we'll see how that works. But Pete Carmichael has been in with this team forever. He's been taking over. So he's been OC forever. So he knows this offense. Jared Cook, just as recently as 2019, was the tight end eight and tight end 19. So he was in top 20 range for tight ends. Winston has supported both Cameron Bray and OJ Howard, had some big seasons at the tight end position. Right now, today, he's going at tight end 30. So just another deeper name to not forget about. If they don't bring in some skill position players and they're rolling with Michael Thomas, remember, Alvin Kamara might be out for the first four, six, eight weeks if they end up giving him a suspension for his act in Las Vegas. So that could just mean some more short area targets for a tight end, which is why I like Adam Troutman. Yeah, I, I actually love Troutman right now. Did you say he was tight end 20 or 30? 30. Wow. For, for a system that has really produced some some great pass-catching tight ends, like you said there, Jared Cook, I don't look at Jared Cook as some athletic 
you know, dynamo, some hall of fame tight end, but the guy even later in his career has produced numbers in that system. That makes me believe a guy like Troutman up and coming can get it done here. I like that pick moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got Tom Brady. You know why, Bob? Because he's he's the general now. He's the have GM. Seen, have you seen the Tom Brady a man in the arena document thing yet? I so I watched the first four. Okay. I have not watched, I think there's five more, something like that. Yeah, there's nine. Yeah. There's nine, yeah. So I gotta catch up on that. I trust there's so much good programming, Bob. We can have a completely separate show from this one talking about shows like uh, Severance on Apple TV fantastic show what a finale what a picture uh there's a lot of good stuff out there did you watch coda the uh you gotta watch coda do you have apple tv do you need my login i do need your login we'll have to talk offline right we'll talk (laughs) offline i was gonna provide it for the masses here but that would cause pure chaos so tom brady is the winner because i have never seen an absolute coup orchestrated the way that tom brady got it done here to get, uh, listen, all respect to Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator, but we've seen Todd Bowles as the head coach calling all the shots. This just tells me Tom Brady is in complete control. And not only is he in control of Todd Bowles, he's in control of Jason Light in the front office as well. Brady's just going to get everything he needs to win a Super Bowl. If he can stack that roster past where they are now, they're winning another Super Bowl, except they got to go through the Bills buzzsaw. But Brady, only because this is his first day as GM during a full NFL draft. I I don't disagree. I think my personal thing with the Brady situation is this offense now has Russell Gage. If they get Gronk back, I mean, they're only miss. They only have one weakness that one guard spot. Uh, Ali Marpet's gone. They brought in Shaq Mason to fill in for one of the guard spots, but they do have a glaring hole. But that's it. I mean, really, outside of that, they get Gronk back. Um, the answer is Leonard Fournette. And I, I know Sky's going to say to me, he's, I, I'm not joking. He's literally told me to stop talking about the same players. But Leonard Fournette is not going to return uh, to the, the heights he was. Like last year, he was a top five running back. Weeks 1 through 14 before his injury, averaging 16.2 points per game in half-point PPR. That's RB5 last season. And he's going as RB13, and that's it. I don't see him going any higher because of the early offseason stuff. People were not sure if he's going to resign in the Brady retirement. I just feel like all those narratives are not going to get him back to top six, seven, eight in ADP. He's not going to be a first round pick, but I'm not supposed to talk about it. So I guess I'll say Cameron Brake. What if Gronk doesn't come back? Gronk doesn't come back. No OJ Howard in the six games without Gronk. The tight ends combined for 20 catches, 182 yards, two touchdowns in those six games. So there was some production, but at the same time, I just, I, I don't care. Really. I, it's letter for that. I know sky's probably going to call me later. And then corporate's going to come in. We're going to lose privileges. I'm not going to be on here for a couple months, but I, I have to say it's Leonard Fournette. If they don't go, listen, they have geo behind him. They have the 27th pick then 60 and 91. If they don't spend a day to pick on a running back, the guy wheels up on Leonard Fournette. Tell me I'm wrong. Wheels up. I, I'm just. I'm looking. I'm looking at the future with your suspension. It's. It's definitely <laughs> imminent at this point. And I'm thinking to yeah. myself, my God. Yeah. 
can't imagine doing solo 20 minutes every Wednesday twice, but you know what? We'll, we'll conquer that mountain when we get there, Bob. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, that's it, folks. That's all we got for today. This was the NFC South players with the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft. Make sure you're tuning in. Me and Buck will be back next week at the same time to talk about the NFC and AFC North. We're going north. We're heading north to talk about some teams like the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure you join us again. Once again, this is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. All our podcasts are brought to you by Bet Online AG, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bob. That's Buck. We're out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.